Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners to prepare for exit so you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsort and today I'm talking to Jason Grant. Started a business called The Automated Method and look, this has blown me away. I've never met, come across anything like this before. So Jason, look, why don't you give us a bit of an intro about what the automated method is and how it works and how it benefits business owners? Uh, yeah, so it's it's actually really simple. So I had a fascination with agencies, right? Because there's there's an agency for everything. And then because I had an IT company back in the day that I that was like my only re- revenue stream, you learn a lot about operations because you're a business owner, right? Most business owners that I know get it are operators. And then, so I thought, what if you had an agency for operations, right? So that's basically what the automated method is because I know automation is important, but I refer to it as automatic technologies. Why? Because automation sounds too industrial. So say like in a small, medium business, automatic tech would be SaaS to SaaS stuff, right? If this, then that. But the problem is, you know, it's the supervised rollout. So the automated method is basically a supervised rollout of all of the SaaS that you need in a proper proper model and and also uh, outsourcing it to businesses that are actually taking care of those apps for you. You see? So, okay. So let's just unpick this a tad. Sure, go ahead. A lot of this, a lot of the listeners uh, are perhaps Mm -hmm. 40s, 50s, maybe even older. Sure. Um, Technology has been coming in, you know, when they started their businesses, yeah, they didn't even have emails. Yeah, or a website. And, and, and all sorts of things. Yeah. What, what, what I heard is, hey, if we have a look at the operations of a business, we'll have a look at those functional operations. We've got marketing, we've got sales, we've got our production process where we do- we well, Your corporate areas, make, yeah. And then we've got to deliver whatever we made to our client. You got it. And then we've got to look after our clients. What yeah. I think you're saying is for each of those functions, there's typically a, a, an internet-based subscription software product yeah. that is producing yeah. us out there and, and different business owners are getting caught into different ones and they- Or the wrong one. Or the wrong ones. And yep. they end up with a whole bucket load of subscriptions. Franken system. It's called a Franken system. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and is that what we're talking about here? So they've just- yeah, and picked up various software platforms you know, along the way. Yeah, software and IT solutions are changing so rapidly. You know, how do we? Know? Well, the, the, this will make it easier for your audience. The IT is the security and the maintenance and monitoring and support, right? So that would be kind of like the like around your business. That would be the IT, right? And that's why I try to separate that from technology when we start talking business because it's deliverables and it's tasks in the middle. You know what I mean? It's like it, it, the IT, the acronym is a little dated, I think. Yeah. Especially, you know, considering like a lot of the software is the SaaS acronym is probably more, should be more of a focus because, the, you know, you're, you're basically secure under their cloud, right? So like you're basically securing the end node, which is the user experience. But as far as like their side, you're putting your trust in their security all the time. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you... Would it be an easy um, scenario for you to talk us through a typical client type of taste case study that you run through that you yeah you work with? Okay, yeah, sure, hundred percent. So the the whole pandemic got me thinking about something because I, I have worked with marketing agencies, and this is a perfect example. I've worked with marketing agencies before 
a marketing agency took care of the automated method. Now, this is the thing. I know what I'm paying for, but does everybody know what they're paying for, right? So when you break apart a marketing agency's plan, there's a retainer or like a deposit. And then, you know, they have all these deliverables they're going to do. And most people have no idea what it is, but they just want a result. And so what I saw very quickly was, how do you audit the business before you start activating any of the services, right? And so I don't like to say the word audit or review. So that's why I say scoping a project. So the scope is what the first service offering that I, I kind of transitioned to at the automated method, because I want to get everybody to the most automated business possible. But we have to scope all the corporate areas first. That's when it becomes fun because it's just interviews with specialists in every corporate area. Like if you've got a legal problem, you talk to a modern lawyer. You need to talk to a modern accountant, a modern whatever, right? Modern HR. That's when it starts to get to like what I consider the formula, which is what you want as an exit strategy business, something that you can get your hands off the tools, you know, put in the most automation, and it all works perfectly in the right model. That's how easy that is. But it needs to be white glove supervised. That's like, that's where, that's where we come in. We're the, we're the white glove supervisors of this process. So all of these um, systems and processes and, and, and if we're going to play with marketing agencies, yeah. they often bombard. Well, use them as an example. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you've ever where everybody's worked with an agency. So use them as an example. What does their proposal look like? What does their invoice look like? What are they, do, what are they, what are they offering? What is their offering? What are their service services? You know, yeah, and they most people and don't know. Yeah, they try and confuse us with a lot of jargon and outcomes. Yep. What you're saying is get really clear on what you're paying for. Like exactly. Because you don't care about, you know, if you if I go to a restaurant, I don't care how they cook the steak. If I ordered a steak medium rare, I just want to know that they can produce some well, steak medium rare. The the better thing is you learn a lot about business construction and going forward, like future proofing your business kind of deal. Because of the terminology you need to learn that you maybe didn't know before, like strategy. I find that a lot of businesses don't have any strategy, but if you're going to have a story, you need strategy. If you're going to have a story, you need a copywriter. Well, there you go. Now you know what a copywriter is for, you see? And that's like kind of how I break it down because it's all those pieces all go together, but it's a slow build and a slow educational process at the same time. A lot of businesses just started working because they were good at something and then built the business around the idea. Yeah. But you know, if you want to renovate the business for like modern business, there's a lot that has to be done. A lot, a lot of process changes, but that's probably the hardest thing to do is to pull the process defenders off of the tools. Okay. <laughs> so what sort of stage does a business need to get to in terms of size, I'm thinking, or number of people or revenue before they need to start doing this sort of analysis and get some- Do you think like of it as size or would you think of it as when they don't want to do it anymore <laughs> or when they know that they're getting in their own way, right? Well, like- Yeah, keep going. Because uh, like- some people, a million dollars a year, you can make that million dollars work or five or 10 or 20, right? But these days, if you model the business properly, you have a lot less team members, right? So it's, it's hard to say because maybe you scale back to scale. So I would say, you know, five, is a pretty, five to 10 is a sweet spot for the automated method for sure. Five to 10 million. This is in, this is in Canadian dollars, by the way. But it's, it's because of the bloat of workflow it's easy to save half of that in salary by, by optimizing the, the workflow with a better model in a SaaS world, right? A better ecosystem. That's, that's where I think, so five to 10, okay. easy. And or the age of the business or the age of the business. I think that it, what people forget, you know, Daryl, what they forget is that they're inundated with this automated thing. So if they're doing something they don't want to do anymore for an elongated period of time, that's probably when they start to get in their own way. 
Yeah, well, yeah, and just going through the motions. Yeah, 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 you're right. So we've got, what, 20 or more people in the business. Um, yeah, 25. I'd say 25 is a good number, yeah. yeah. We're, we're pretty established. We, we've probably got some sort of management team in place to, to sure. structure those number of people. Mm -hmm. In a modern business, those people could potentially be spread around the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's remote for sure. The only reason why it's not remote is because managers want the culture, right? Like they feel that's that's what you don't get. Zoom culture doesn't work. I understand that. But at the same time, it depends on the role. But sorry, continue. Yeah, it's in more than likelihood a some sort of service that is the product that's being delivered. Yeah. Given, yeah, that's a reflection of the economy. You're right. Yeah. And, and, and what we're doing is, is we're using someone like yourself to go through each of the functions and go, right, how do we make this? How do we deliver this that it can be as automated as possible and minimize human interaction? Yeah. Eventually, right? Like the automation, that's why, I had, that's why I had to do this because you can't just hand the automation to a business. You can't because their work, their processes are all over the place, right? Like, so, you know, one of the SaaS platforms might do about four or five things that four or five people do inside the platform, but you can't just hand the tools over without having any proficiency in them. So I feel like that is the biggest reason why I started to get, started to change the automated method into what it is today, right? Because you can't just hand tech over. And are we talking custom-made systems being developed here to automate? No, 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 no. We're talking like, this is the easy way, easiest way to put it. Say you have five applications that are the core of your business, your ecosystem. It's, and it's not a Franken system. They all play nice together. They're all natively integrated. Well, here's the thing. What processes drive what? Who does what when, right? You know, like those kind of things. That's like unknown. Also, proficiency. So if you had a scale of zero to 10, how proficient, modern proficiency are you in each one of those SaaS platforms? I would say that the average person is a beginner. They surprise me if they're advanced. Right? I'm not even advanced in some of these platforms. Why? Because I give them to remote departments. You know, like I don't, I know what I'm good at and what I like. I think a lot of people just like to save money doing everything. Okay, and so we've we've got the systems there, and maybe getting them to talk to each other. Yeah, automate. Well, not maybe, not maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're all talking to each you're, other. You're, you don't want to do it any other way, man. Like that's it's. There's no more square peg round hole. Like that's that is probably what your your audience might have built something now because they had to do that. But you know, getting a consultant to tell you that you don't have to do that, you might have to pull back a little bit, remove the customization, pull in a more you know. Pulling one of the one of the billion dollar SaaS products that control the universe these days, <laughs> and we're, we're we're getting using the systems the the, the SaaS products or whatever yeah. to match our processes. So the way work flows from task to task. In yeah. Our business. Um, so so you're getting involved in making sure that that happens in our business the same way every time. Would you would you would you agree with me that you say that some of those processes are obsolete? So that's like one of the problems I have all the time is it's like, it already does it. And they're like, but we do it this way. I'm like, yeah, but it already does it. You know, that happens quite a bit. So the process defenders, that's what I call that, right? We've always done it this way. We've done it this way for years. Yeah. It works well for us. Yeah. Well, here's the best, here's the best solution. Pull yourself out of it. Right? Like, watch, you go like this, you go like this. This is your process. Now pull yourself out of it. Does it work without you? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't. Okay, well, that's an exit strategy problem right there. Yeah, exactly. And and then we're talking about things that we're talking things like Zapier, getting if this and that type of um, 
So well, yeah, that's where it started, right? If this, then that is an actual product that is competes with Zapier to an extent, but Zapier won that war of the cloud wars, right? But it's it would be where you don't have a native integration, they write the integration for you. But everybody that I know that's super forward, their proficiency in a modern workflow is ten out of you know out of ten. They use they have a Zapier account. No one doesn't have a Zapier account these days if they're running a modern business. Nobody. Okay, so our business owner is is going. Look, I need to re reduce my human time involved in this process. Yeah, you know, because there's work, there's rework, there's mistakes. Um, yeah, I like that rework. Yeah, you're right. Re re rework. That's a good one. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, fixing up problems. We'll get some automation involved. We may need to make some investments up front to get there. But once we've automated, we've saved a whole lot of time. And then, then when our humans are involved, they're involved in adding value and building relationships with our customers and people. Oh yeah. Well, they get to be more human. That's what, that's what technology does. Technology and automation makes people be more human. What they're good at, that's all they have to do, yeah. right? You know, like the minutia, that's a word that I throw around, but I don't like it this year. I'm kind of like more along the lines of administration. The word administration is what you go after in an automated environment. Anything that's administrative, right? You just go target it. You can delete so much administration, manual administration. That's probably why I say automatic technologies instead of automation, because it's just replicating human behavior. That's what these things do. Well, anything that gets done more than once can be automated is yeah. from the old saying. But it's not quite AI. I would say it's pre-AI where it's just learning patterns of what humans have already done and then applying it faster because it's a computer software program, right? That's, that's it. And, just, and it works well. <laughs> and it requires the right data being input so that it can use the data and then do what you've, you've told it to do. Yeah, data's gold, man. Okay. So you've now worked with the business. You've, you, you've reviewed all their, their systems, their processes. You've lined them all up. You've yeah. got them operating, you know, they've finished their, their work with you. What's the upside? You know, what, what, can, what sort of benefits can a business owner expect? Oh, well, this is the best part about SaaS is that they're all playing the same game, right? And so you, now you have dashboard right in front of you because if you have all the applications talking to each other and they all have an API, they're all natively integrated. Well, now you can pull out any metrics, API, you know, KPI, anything you want. So dashboards and ex executive decisions is what I've said before. That's what a business owner wants. You can't get there without this perfect ecosystem. Once you have that, adding a dashboard is a joke because they all talk. So you can like, I always plug Databox or Databox. You could just, you know, that, use that product. They have a KPI marketplace. So if you don't even know what your introductory KPI should be, they do. So you just drag and drop, single pane of glass. Right, modern finance, modern HR, project status, modern marketing, my social status, campaigns, whatever. Those are all just slides on your iPhone. That's what you want. <laughs> That's an exit strategy 101, but you can't, you got to work backwards. So I always say, think about your dashboard first, work backwards, then look at your operations and your process and whatever. And if you're, if you get satisfied with what the outcome is before you even, it's reverse engineering, if you get satisfied that that's what I want to do, you know, you're not going to argue with the process. You'll be like, no problem. <laughs> you know, you'll be like, oh, that app, no problem. Why? Because you can see it backwards from the, the dashboard. You see what I'm saying? Like, like it, that kind of mentality gets people to make decisions so much faster. Oh, $10,000 to invest it. Got it. Yep. So you know what I'm saying? Understand the end game. Yeah. What, what is it we're working towards? What, what is exactly. you like? 
you, know, you got it. Hope if you're a business owner is you'll be making informed decisions based on real information. Oh, real-time real information. Like real-time information. Yeah. It'll be accurate. Assuming you've got all the data recording right, you've configured the reports and uh, yeah. fine-tuned those. You, you'll know exactly where you stand and you'll be able to you know, know how well you're achieving your goals. And that's what your that's what you hit the nail on the head. That's what your process should be. Your process's synonym should be reports, right? Like as an owner, you should be caring about the report, the, what you need to see, right? And so I feel like people's mechanics to get to what they want to see is the process they defend. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that's, that's like where I see someone spending four hours a day that owns a owns a business in Excel. I'm like, that four hours is unnecessary. All four of those hours, all four, not three hours, four, all four. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I'm like, if you can't understand that, we're going to have a problem moving forward. So we're talking a whole lot of change management. It's, it's a step change, mm -hmm. a, a cultural change in, yeah. in, in how work flows through the business. Um, yeah, people are getting a lot, a lot more focused on their data entry. The, mm -hmm. the upside is that um, they're, they're going to have real-time data and, and information and, and, and knowledge of results. And, this and people don't have to do it. People don't have to do it. People, yeah. So we're saving a lot of admin time on production yeah. and reporting and, and, and data entry. You got it. Um, at some point. So we're running a leaner, more efficient business. The leanest. <laughs> the leanest. Yeah. What if we don't do it? Pardon? What if we don't do it? What's the downside? Oh, yeah. Well, the downside is competitive advantages, like the amount of businesses that I would consider in the startup category. So say they're in the same market, same industry as you, and you're in your traditional moving to modern, meaning you're digitizing or whatever, paperless, who cares? One of those words. What's happening is that these startups that don't have, have all the capital in the world, they already know social media, they've built social media into their brand, right? They're doing a lean startup. They don't need people. They're building the business the way I'm discussing it right now. They're like 25. They're not tired. They are going to, they're like nuclear powered laser guided sharks. That's what I say all the time. I'm like, you, you, you will never stand a chance. You'll be so bloated in comparison to these businesses. That's how they survive. They're like built lean from the get-go. You know, does that make, is that, to me that, to me in certain, it doesn't work in certain industries. I get it. But to some other industries where they're like, yeah, no, no, we don't have to do that. I'm like, are you kidding me? They have a team of three and their revenue is five times yours. And they also have no downtime. They can basically run forever. <laughs> can you? <laughs> you know? So it sounds a bit exciting. What yeah. are the savings? Have you got some concept of a, of a business you've taken through this transition? And Well, yeah, it's easy. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's this, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that the metrics were like accessible. Like it's not a fictional or made up thing. But in terms of like when you're, say, a business of 10, if you don't have an optimized workflow, like your processes aren't documented and you haven't figured out all the shortcuts, don't forget the shortcuts, right? You probably have one salary you can remove in one year. That's one salary, okay? So that means that maybe you have some double entry that you get rid of, whatever. In that one salary in one year, reinvesting in your business and operations and making these decisions, by the end of that year, your revenue is already being driven properly by the business. Like, it, it's that easy. One. So that's like 10% of your workflow, Okay. right? You can save a person. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, or repurpose or retitle. 
Because I got to say that they might be, they might have wanted to do something else anyway. Once you start implementing all these new softwares, like all the SaaS stuff, they might get a new passion for the process. You know, I find a lot of people really dig the speed. So like if they really like the speed of say HubSpot's marketing or HubSpot's sales channel, well, the, what happens is they get better at it. And they want to do more. So then it's like, you can scale while you're pulling back. That's what I, that's, that's what I say. It's like you, once you get modern proficiency in there, you can scale while you're pulling back, while you're leaning out. Okay. So Jason, there's going to be people listening to this and they're thinking, wow, this is too good to be true. Are there any industries that this doesn't apply to? Well, there's more complicated industries that, okay, first off, usually people that are in the digital space already kind of have this kind of figured out all to the, to, to, for the most part, right? Because most of these pr platforms are built for digital services, right? So if you're in any sort of digital service or you're selling a product that's connected to like Instagram or something like that, or even Shopify, a lot of these things are already natively integrated and the people you hire are already there. So it's those, that would be a market that, that we, you know, we can enhance, but they're already, their baseline and their wireframe is pretty good. Another one is manufacturing. Manufacturing gets really difficult because the software platforms, how would I be this easy? When the nucleus of the industry, when the application is a application that sucks, that's when it gets difficult <laughs> because a lot of these um, specific platforms per industry are not very good. They're not, they're not what I would consider 2.0 or 3.0. And so you have to build your business with this awesomeness that's available around this other product that doesn't play well with others. So that's like what I find. So if I do, if I do a scope, we, we do a scope and I find uh, a messy ERP, that would be a great example, right? Because ERP to me is an acronym that's dead. Enterprise resource planning, come on, man. It's, that's like back when NetSuite tried to take over the world. But in honest truth, there's a lot of apps that do the same thing in pieces. So they're not really ERPs anymore. But if you want to attack that, it's really difficult because there's ERPs specific to industries. Right. But if I say that product name back to say Salesforce, they may or may not know who they are. You see, even though they're a large software company. There's some uh, large software ERP, uh, you know, software companies that uh, may, may get, get a little offended by what you're saying. Good. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is for me? Like the average business owner needs to figure out how to be a brand aligned business because you don't have to build anything anymore. And the thing I find about some of these platforms that are industry specific is they're bloated and they're built bad. Do you know classic UX front? See classic UX front for me is how it looks and drives on a web browser, right? Left hand, top dash, whatever widgets, that kind of stuff. If it looks old, if the web interface, the GUI, the UX looks old, I'm out because I know what it's built on. I know where they're going. And a lot of old industry, traditional modernization, cloud 1.0 feels like that. I call them out all the time. So yeah, good. <laughs> tweet, tweet it. <laughs> Brilliant. Hey, Jason, look, there, there's clearly something you're very passionate about. Um, you're making big differences to business owners. Well, just time. <laughs> Giving people time. You know what I mean? You, you, we had this conversation before. Free time is awesome yeah. to make better decisions, you know? Better decisions with better information. Yeah, so got it. Is that the key message? What's, you know, from this conversation today, what do you want business owners to walk away with 
remembering uh, the conversation with Jason Grant? Well, uh, the tightest ops possible will always include the most operation, like automation, sorry. That's a, that's a for sure. And getting into a deep workflow state is where you have no distractions. And so if you want to make those decisions in a no distraction world, that's when you can cloud firewall yourself with software, right? And that is, and so it's so easy to transition you out of a business, whether it's you out for good or you just off the tools, as they say, you, you know, time is the most important thing to tighten up. And that's always in operations, always. Automation doesn't work without tight ops. Tight ops. Gives us automation. And the right application choices. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. All right, Jason, look, uh, thanks for sharing with us uh, your passion. Uh, yeah. Your time and your insights with us today on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love this stuff.